Enjoying the sounds of Memphis, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, marking our 20th year of broadcast. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation. AutoZone, parts are just part of what we do. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we feature rising blues band Southern Avenue in a live performance from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music. Bill Street Caravan contributor John Paul Keith will be back with us to continue his series, Something on the Side. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. Memphis-based Southern Avenue made quite the stir during the Blues Foundation's International Blues Challenge this past January. They didn't win the grand prize, but we here at Beale Street Caravan found them so compelling, we included them on our IBC feature a few months back. That's right. They didn't win, but if there was a prize for biggest buzz, they would have won it. They were the band everyone was talking about. Musicianship, hooks, showmanship, raw talent, Southern Avenue has it all. And with their unique melting pot approach of blues and soul influences, to me, they epitomize what great Memphis music is all about. The band is guitarist Ori Naftali, sisters Tyranny and Takira Jackson on vocals and drums, respectively, and bassist Daniel McKee. And speaking of awards, Daniel McKee deserves some kind of award for not only how many bands he plays in, but how many times he's been on Beale Street Caravan the last couple of seasons. True. We sit down with the band later in the program to talk music so be sure to stay tuned for that. Here's Southern Avenue from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, live on Beale Street Caravan. Thank you. 
first single, everybody. So that, if you check out our website, it's available on there, southernavenueband.com. We're gonna send some good vibes to the room with this next song, okay? It's called Peace Will Come. This is one of our, um, one of the last songs we've written together as a band.
Here's more from Southern Avenue from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was Southern Avenue in a performance from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music live on Bill Street Caravan. We'll be right back with more music from Southern Avenue, but first we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor John Paul Keith. He'll be continuing his series, Something on the Side. Hi everybody, John Paul Keith here with Something on the Side. Each week we take a look at one of Memphis's many pioneering side men and women, the behind-the-scenes players who helped to make the Memphis sound. But we couldn't close out the season without talking about the man who started it all, Sam Phillips. It just so happens we were able to get Jerry and Hallie Phillips, Sam's son and granddaughter, to drop by the Beale Street Caravan Studios and talk to us. In many ways, this has been the year of Sam. The Country Music Hall of Fame opened its exhibit on the founder of Sun Records. Acclaimed Elvis biographer and music historian Peter Goralnik published his much-anticipated biography, Sam Phillips, The Man Who Invented Rock and Roll. Nashville CMT Network began filming a multi-series TV drama here in Memphis, The Million Dollar Quartet, based on Sun Records. And Sam Phillips' recording service, his second Memphis studio, is back in the news under the stewardship of Hallie Phillips and engineer Matt Ross Spang, who just won a Grammy for his work on Jason Isbell's Something More Than Free. What was it like growing up in the studio? Do you have any studio memories that stand out in your mind? He was working all the time, you know, because he was holding down two jobs, one at the radio station, WRC, and one at the studio. And so he was never home. If we wanted to see him, our mother would have to take us to the studio and visit him there. So we, we were there quite a bit at different different times, you know. We, some, like I said, sometimes we had to look through the window and then until they got through with the cut, and then we could go in. Man, I mean, I, it's something I um, will never forget, and I think it kind of shaped my whole life, really, as far as uh, what I am today, you know. A weirdo. A weirdo. That's right. <laughs> That's my daughter speaking. Yeah. <laughs> she would know. She would know. <laughs> so you were around a lot of celebrity and glamour from a very young age, and you guys have remained down to earth through it all. How have you guys done that? Is that something Sam instilled in you? It's a combination of things. You know, number one, Sam Phillips was a down-to-earth guy. You know, he really was. And, and, and all those guys, especially in the early days, Elvis, Jerry Lee, Johnny Cash, those guys were very down-to-earth also. Most of them came out of cotton fields, you know, so they were just glad to have an opportunity to record any kind of music and had no uh, particular star airs about them. Uh, I would say, and Jerry is a good friend of mine, but I'd say Jerry Lee Lewis, was, if there was one that had any kind of attitude early on, it was him because he thought he was great, and he was great, but he, he let you know how great he thought he was, and it, it stuck with me and my brother, you know, our entire life. I mean, how could it not, you know? Yeah. Why do you think Sam lost interest in the Madison studio? I think his, his, uh, he lost interest in the music business, not the studio recording business, because right. we've, had, we've had a great studio rental business for a lot of years, you know? But he was, he was a visionary guy, and he saw the handwriting on the wall with the major labels, <clears throat> buying up all the record distributors and, uh, you know, stealing artists from independent labels, which is basically what they did. They would send their bank of lawyers or a lawyer or whatever, they'd put them on to find out when these contracts were up with these independent labels, and they would say, go down and offer those guys more money than Sam Phillips or Leonard Chess or, you know, Jerry Wexler or whatever could offer. And so they would, uh, you know, stealing's maybe not the right word, but it's kind of really what it was, you know. So I, I think he, you know, just got uh, disheartened in terms well, I, I say not disheartened really, but he just was smart. Smart enough to know when it was time to fold your hands and get out of the game, you know. And he did, and he, and he was right. As you see now, if you're looking back, uh, you know, the independent labels were like basically wiped out 
there was no place to distribute those things. The majors bought the distributors, and uh, you know, it, it's it, so he was he was uh, right on the money, and that, and then he went on pursuit other you know other interests, particularly radio. He got back into radio, and it was a smart thing for him to do. You know, did he ever miss or talk about missing cutting records though, being in the, in the sessions? You know, he had been asked several times to do some stuff like a. Bob Dylan had asked him to, you know, to produce him, and uh, several other people had asked, big name people had asked him to, you know, produce them. And he, you know, he, I think he made the statement something to the effect that, you know, Mozart would never paint a painting again. You know what I'm talking about, or whatever. But uh, I don't think he felt like it was the right thing for him to do to try to continue to produce artists, particularly since he didn't have his own label, and uh, he he could not be told what to do by a corporate mentality. So he had no interest in working for a corporation. I mean, when he sold Elvis's contract, they begged him to come to RCA to, to be Elvis's producer. And, you know, he just said, I could never work for a corporation and be told how to record my music. And so he's pretty stubborn about that aspect of things. And yeah, I don't think he regretted anything that he ever did, you know, honestly, in the music business. Hallie, now that you're taking over the mantle there at San Phillips Recording Service, what's your vision for where the studio is going to go? What's what's happening over there? Well, I'm just excited to see that people are becoming interested in recording in a studio again. Um, you know, we've wanted to stay analog and to be an active recording studio. We didn't want to become a museum. We felt like there's such a vibe in that place that it's a true escape for artists and and that's the way that I want to keep it I want people to be able to come to Memphis it be a destination walk through those doors escape and reach their highest level of creativity possible and us capture it in a real way not in a uh, a digitally fixed way um, you know but in, in a real human way that has some type of timeless quality so I, I'm very passionate about that I feel like that's something that's been missing and so that's what I'm trying to do with our studio. I have worked in that studio, and then it was a, it is a remarkable experience. I was there, of course, when you know Roland days. Uh, there, what a great I, guy! Yeah, Roland. Roland. It was, changed my life, life changing experience. Uh, knowing Roland James, well, you know he changed my life too. Roland, Roland was the one. What little performing I can do now these days, you know, Roland was one of the guys that gave me confidence. Uh, to do that because uh, I, I wasn't that confident about my performing abilities until Roland got a hold of me and he really gave me confidence uh, and I think he did that to he probably did that to you he absolutely did you know he, he did that to everybody he came across and so uh, yeah, I, yeah I know what you mean about Roland man it's still hard for me to be in there without Roland truly my, my whole life even when I was crawling around the floor Roland was there so it, it's been definitely different he, he's still very much there for the first time ever you guys the Phillips family is cutting Elvis records again. Is that true? Is that happening over there? This was a secret, you know. I mean, it was kind of a secret. They wanted it a secret. Yeah, I found. I thought that was very significant. Well, it was Sam Phillips and Elvis Presley coming back together again yeah. in some way, you know. And that that was kind of cool. We we really thought that was cool. It was it was really really special for me because I didn't grow up around Elvis like he did. So being able to hear his voice coming through the speakers and just unbelievable to me to be able to be a part of that. So. Yeah. Heavy on my heart. Thank you so much for dropping by. Hope you'll come talk to us again some other time. Uh, thank you guys for what you what you all do too. I mean, it's really mm -hmm. a fantastic thing that you're doing here and educating people to what what real music is really all about. You know, and the Memphis, the real Memphis beat.
We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. You can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's a lot more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in this week, we feature Memphis blues and soul upstarts, Southern Avenue. We sat down to talk with the band about music and life in the Bluff City. Here's what they had to say. I'm live at the Bill Street Caravan Studio with the band Southern Avenue. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm TK. I play drums. I'm Tierney, and I sing. Um, And I'm Ori, and I play guitar. Daniel McKee, bass guitar. (laughs) You guys participated in the IBC this past January. You didn't come home with the grand prize. Had there been an award for the buzz band of the year, you guys would have won it. <laughs> you guys got yeah. a lot of attention. We feel like we won it. We got probably We feel like we won. It felt like a win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we benefited like winners. From yeah. And Ori, that wasn't your first time to participate in the IBCs, right? You no, know, I represented Israel in 2013 and made it to the semifinals. And that was the first, I was the first Israeli in like 20 years to do that. And we made it to the finals. Uh, we really appreciate the journey and what we've been through. And, and uh, everybody saw us. What more can we, you know? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask how you ended up here in Memphis, but that's it. Uh, I've been listening to Memphis music since I was five years old and mm-hmm. to blues and, and Albert King and, and to rock and roll and everything. So I knew what Memphis was. So when I came here, I, I knew where I was going. And when coming here, just everything made sense to me. And I just felt like I'll be more happy if I finish my life tomorrow. I'm a happy person just because I, you know, I went where I feel that I can be the best musician I can. And it's here. Not in Israel and, you know, mm-hmm. and not in any other city. So when you first came here, it was the Ori Naftali Band. My solo project. Your solo project. Yeah. How did this group form? How did you guys meet? How did you guys... Tinder. Um, Tinder. <laughs> 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 oh, you're great. Um, uh, it's called Grinder. Swipe right. Uh, no. Uh, I decided after two years of t- touring the country, I decided to uh, change it up and through a drummer that I played with, uh, he introduced me to Tyranny. 
and uh, meeting Tyranny and kind of seeing, looking her up online and YouTube and seeing what she does, it really inspired me thinking that this is going to change whatever Orion of Taliban is. Then when she came to the first rehearsal or audition, she told me about uh, <laughs> TK, yeah, uh, <laughs> about TK and her sister being a drummer. So I brought TK to the next meeting, to the next rehearsal. And I mean, I fell in love with the girls and I felt like I'm going to be okay. Um, but only in uh, July and August of last year, we realized if we do a fresh start, and we write new songs and new band name and just a new identity and combining all of our stories together, we can achieve way more than what I can do by myself or she can do by herself. Together as a team, what we can bring to the table is unique. That's why we, we changed the, the... We evolved. This is not Ori with his new band. This mm -hmm. is Southern Avenue. It's a new project. And yeah. And it's a very Memphis project. I mean, it's there's soul, there's blues, there's a high level of musicianship Thank that's you. very informed by Thank a you. love of Memphis music. You want to hear my unified theory of everything? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, unified theory of everything as far as it pertaining to today's program. So I live on Southern Avenue. Huh, cool. <laughs> and if you drive west on Southern Avenue, it turns into Macklemore, which is where the Stax Museum of yeah. American we thought about is. it good. We thought about it good. <laughs> Which is where y'all are performing on today's show. And so let me ask you this. We have a lot of sacred spots in Memphis. Going into a place like Stax and, and playing your music... Well, it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, they have all the photos, you know, that are still being displayed in, in the top of the room while you're playing. So, you know, you look up and you yeah. see pictures of everyone that's recorded there. And, you, and then you're playing at the same time. And it's like, is this really happening right now? I better not play a bad note. Is somebody recording this? Like, you know, it's <laughs> yes. all the notes. And yes, they were. For anybody, it would be completely surreal. And, you know, it... Especially for us, you know, growing up with all this music and everything, I mean, it's like a dream come true. It's like, a, yeah. it looks mm -hmm. like it wasn't really happening. I think for me, it was, um, it was a bit of a moment because since I grew up here, you know, you go on field trips to the um, Stax Museum and everything and being able to actually play in it and be in a different position and experience Stax in a different way is very surreal and it was very inspiring. I feel lucky just to be able to do it with like these guys, you know, it was just a moment. I did it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for me it was it was crazy for me because I would play with all these different bands and they would give me all this music to learn these stack songs and stuff, and, you know, and I would have to play them and play them and hear them and like I got to submerge myself in this music and it was just amazing music and then I'm standing in the studio one day like I'm more than just like singing a bunch of cover songs. It's like I'm a part of Stacks and the whole experience was just like wow. It's like these guys outside with all these party bands, they they do cover songs to all this stuff, and I'm here. I am like actually in the place doing a live recording and experiencing everything. It was just it was cool yeah. to take in. Mm -hmm. How can Bill Street Caravans listeners support Southern Avenue? One of the biggest ways to support is coming out to the shows because that's where we make a connection. But we have a website, southernavenueband.com, and we also have a single out called What Did I Do? Through the website, southernavenueband.com, we made sure that there's links to everything. Last question, and this is a question for each of you. What does Memphis music mean to you? Such a fantastic combination of so many different styles of music but also different personalities i see people come in you know they'll come in for two weeks to make a record but the personalities that end up staying here that that aren't actually from here mixing with the people that are already here is just kind of a similar vibe to new orleans as well but memphis i mean we kind of attract a specific kind of special 
musical genius weirdo. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes us special, I think. I mean, I have a very emotional uh, story of leaving everything I have and everybody that I care about to be here in Memphis and doing m music in Memphis. Um, so if you ask me what does it mean to me, it means everything. Uh, when I think about my sacrifices, I just re remember that Again, like I said before, there is no better place for me to grow up as a musician than in Memphis. Memphis music to me is life. It's everything that I've experienced. And because there's so many musicians in the city, it's cool because everybody has their own journey and their own story. And no matter where we are in our lives, we all, we cross paths, we jam. When you get that connection on stage with whatever musicians you're with, you hit that connection and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of magical because it's like here we are in the heart of Memphis, home of the blues. And it's just Memphis music to me is life because yeah. you express everything that you've been through with your music and when everybody's on stage and everybody's telling their story and it all blends together with the song, it's just life. Memphis music to me um, has definitely been a journey. I feel like a lot of the history and stuff that I wasn't a part of, I connect with it when I'm experiencing the music in Memphis. There's so much music that is coming up that people haven't heard. It's something special because of the city. I feel like there's this vibe, like there's this aura about Memphis that just inspires any musician, young or old. We all connect whatever year you were born, regardless of whatever records you own and stuff like that. Like when you come together, everybody's there. So Memphis music to me, it's a connection. Thanks for coming on the program. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. us. Here's more from Southern Avenue from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, live on Bill Street Caravan. This is the house that Jack built me on.
Listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan, celebrating our 20th year of broadcast. Here's more from Southern Avenue from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was Southern Avenue from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, live on Bill Street Caravan. Special thanks to Jeff Kalath and Dirk Kittelin at Stax for inviting us onto sacred musical ground this week. We're looking forward to partnering with the Stax Museum more in the months to come to bring our listeners features from this one-of-a-kind musical destination. For more info on the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, go to staxmuseum.com. If you're a music fan, it's one place that should definitely be on your bucket list. And for more information about Southern Avenue, go to southernavenueband.com. You can support them by buying their music or by checking out their tour dates and catching them live. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners that you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag IListenToMemphis. Or keep up with us on our podcast at iTunes. Visit our website at BillStreetCaravan.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find out where the caravan's going to be next. And if you can't meet us there, we'll be back right here next week, so we'll see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. (laughs) 